I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired on Saturday, January 21st, 2017. The only thing we have to fear is the excessive decline in the dollar. Late rally on Wall Street thing to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Good morning, good morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on the radio. I am Troy Harmon. I'm here today with Jennifer Thomas, who's a CFP, and she heads up our planning and implementation department, as well as uh, Dan Deluzio, who runs our perimeter office, uh, CPA, tax season. I'm surprised we got to drag him away. Um, well, it's I'm not sure in those, full uh, tax season yet. Yeah, we're not yet. quite there yet. <laughs> so. Yeah, but I mean, it, you got W-2s and 1099s and all kind of things to do this um, month, right? Yeah, well, they've got, we've got people taking care of those right uh, now, I <laughs> so I can be here. So, so it's, it wasn't as big of an escape as possible. But, in fact, uh, it was a great escape. I, I didn't want to have to deal with those. <laughs> there we go. Over the next couple of months, though, I'm sure you'll be a little more rare. Yeah. Around these parts. Uh, all right, guys. Well, uh, we're uh, recording this show on Thursday afternoon. By the time you hear it, we will have a new president. Wow. Yeah. Friday, January 20th, we will have President Trump. And uh, this week, you know, we've been, if you watch, uh, normally watch financial news, all you've been seeing is Senate hearings. Uh, you know, kind of the confirmation of his cabinet is underway. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's very interesting questions being asked. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see just how that pans out. Uh, over the week, the market has not responded positively overall. Uh, we're down 0.38%. It's not a huge loss still for the year, which is only, what, 19, 20 days old. Uh, we got, we're up 1.1%. Uh, uh, led by information technology so far, uh, with a gain of 2.92 percent. Uh, on the other end of that, we got the energy sector is down 1.88 percent, which uh, yeah, it started last year really, really slow, much worse than this, um, but uh, ended being one of the biggest uh, returning sectors uh, for the week. Looks like consumer staples has been a, a plus, and that's usually pretty common for a for a negative week, uh, you see consumer staples and other more conservative sectors actually do pretty well. Um, there's only two sectors that are positive for the week, consumer staples and industrials, and uh, the big negative is financials. financials. Yeah, down mm-hmm. 1.68% uh, as we record the show. So, um, you know, I guess we'll look at some interest rates as we get in, but that usually is what's been driving uh, financials lately. Uh, we are underway with uh, the S&P earnings season. 50 of the 500 companies have reported. And while it's still real early in this uh, in this review, sales have surprised to the upside by 0.05%. A huge, 
huge surprise, right? Mm-hmm. Earnings surprise is a positive 4.72, which that's uh, that's pretty nice, actually. Um, materials are the big positive in that, uh, 29.83% uh, surprise. As far as growth is concerned, which really I think is uh, probably the more um, important factor at the moment, uh, sales have grown by 4%. And earnings uh, have grown by 8.8%, again, with uh, materials being the, the big positive. Uh, Health care is actually very positive as well. Uh, only one of 60 companies reported, though, so, you know, the data is a little bit early. Uh, yeah, it's way early. Uh, over the next seven days, we have about 150 companies that will be reporting earnings, so uh, earnings season should heat up as we get uh, uh, on into the month. Uh, we got quite a few things uh Economically, that have been reported this week, uh, retail sales accelerated in December, uh, added 0.6% after revision of 0.2% uh, gain mm-hmm. in November. Uh, seems like it was propelled by gasoline, which is kind of strange for that time of year. Uh, usually you see uh, gas prices fall uh, around the holidays. Uh, wasn't the case this time, and uh, auto dealers actually were another positive uh, some of the places that, that uh, did not show strength, in fact, uh, the weakness was in department stores, restaurants, uh, grocery stores, and electronics and appliance stores. So a uh, little bit uh, little surprising. Bit, yeah, surprising in that regard. Particularly with the holidays. Yeah. yeah. Uh, December I, I did my part with the appliances. <laughs> yeah. I, I moved and realized when I moved that my new house did not have the connection for a gas dryer. And so uh. my... Less than year old gas dryer. I had to go and buy a new electric dryer. Well, kind of, they give you a trade in, or you just <laughs> no. Stuck with that I'm one? just stuck with that one. Mm-hmm. If anyone's in uh, need of a really good gas dryer, <laughs> yeah. well, well, you know, without the gas connection, it, electricity still makes it go around and around. <laughs> yeah, it just right? so doesn't. You could, could yeah, you know, tumble dry your dog or something. <laughs> maybe. Uh, if you look, uh, December sales uh, year over year were up 4.1%, so a pretty good number. Uh, we're starting to see a little bit of inflation show up in uh, in numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, producer price index was uh, uh, up 0.3% um, after a 0.4% gain in November. Uh, things going on like that, there's some that are talking about we might see a uh, another rate increase in the first half of the year. And, you know, let's face it, the Fed told us we would have three this year. It, uh, it, I guess it wouldn't be terribly surprising when we look at the numbers as far as uh, options implied um, movements in the Fed uh, funds rate. It doesn't look like we see anything until August or September, uh-huh. something like that. So fall still, um, but you know, with inflation starting to kick up a little bit, uh, you might see that earlier. I'll skip down the page a little bit. Consumer price index as well um, rose by 0.3 percent, and it was up 0.2 percent in uh, November. Um, if you look, uh, energy remains the big support. Energy CPI rose 1.5%, which uh, is not included in that core number uh, where we take out energy and food. Uh, food was soft. Um, and then uh, overall core was up 0.2%, or uh, yeah, 0.2% on a year ago basis. That's 2.1%. The Fed's target's about 2%. Uh, they don't really use the CPI number. Uh, they use a, a price deflator on the GDP numbers mm-hmm. to uh, to determine exactly what uh, they consider inflation. Uh, there's a bit of a mixed news in the University of, Cons- of uh, Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Survey. Uh, it lost 0.1 point, but it's um, 
it's still at 98.1. It's it's pretty substantially high relative to uh, you know for over the last few months. Um, but the good news in, inside the report, consumers were slightly more favorable to the uh, current economic conditions, which increased by 1.6 points to 112.5, uh, which is the highest level since July 2005. Um, we had uh, numbers out of the MBA mortgage applications. We look at these every week. Um, the composite index was up 0.8%. Uh, refinance index was up 6.8%, and the purchase index was actually down 5.2%. So uh, purchase action, who knows, maybe maybe uh, bad weather got it. I know around here it was uh, probably not the best weather to go looking at houses over the last mm -hmm. couple of weeks. Um, so it's hard to say exactly what's there, but I'm sure that uh, higher interest rates are starting to move people that have not um, – previously done so to go out and refinance their home. Uh, looking at that, the 30-year average mortgage is 3.99%, uh, which is uh, up four basis points or 0.04% uh, from the previous week. Still less than 4% on the 30-year mortgage. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's still a song, Yeah, if right? you have not refinanced, now is the time. Yeah, it. Uh, we, I think we've been saying that for what about five, six mm -hmm. years. Yeah, about like that. that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost time for you to go out and get yes. yourself a new mortgage. Mm -hmm. We've seen two interest rate increases over the last uh, year and a month, yes. I guess, at this point. Uh, higher interest rates are coming, and that inflation news that we just talked about is actually what will drive right. that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we've got uh, two-year Treasury rate five point six bips higher. Uh, a BIP, a basis point, uh, in, uh, uh, is, is one one-hundredth of a percent. Uh, the total two-year uh, rate is 1.17% at the moment. Five-year is uh, 1.86. The 10-year, uh, 2.36, and the 30-year at 304.8, so 305, I guess we could say. Um, we did get some other economic information, industrial production, uh, ended the year on a high note. You know, uh, manufacturing's been uh, been doing pretty well mm -hmm. uh, lately over the last few months. Uh, advanced 0.8% in December, uh, better showing than consensus expectations. Um, the uh, manufacturing posted health gains, but the top line was uh, mainly out of uh, pickup in utilities, and uh, uh, that was a weakness in the fall utility production. So... Um, we also had information from the Federal Reserve's Beige Book spanning uh, mid-November through December. It suggests that uh, economic activity expanded at, the, at a modest pace throughout most districts over the reporting period. Uh, and then we had uh, jobless claims, uh, not overly useful in assessing the health of the job market at the time, uh, especially considering that there's so much seasonal activity in right. this. But, um, you know, you look at the four-week moving average, it did decline from 257,000 to 246,750. So, uh, a little more improvement in the uh, in the job market. I, how much more improvement can we have in the job market? It's uh, it's really tough to say at this point. But um, uh, I guess uh, Dan, did you have anything you wanted to make a comment on about the the big? 
inauguration coming up? Well, absolutely. I'm, I'm ecstatic, of course. Uh, well, hey, before we, we get into see. yeah, before we get all the way into that, let's take a real quick break, and uh, yeah. I'll uh, okay. we'll come back and talk about that a little bit more. Stick around. We're you're listening to Money Talks. It's time for the dog of the week. Dog of the week this week. It's, uh, you know, a lot of times I do a lighthearted dog of the week, and uh, this week it's not so much like that. Um, and I hate it because Mr. Laco always takes me to task. Troy, where in the world do you get all this stuff? Well, <laughs> I get it out of the same newspaper that we can all read, but uh, <laughs> I do look for something a little bit strange. In mm-hmm. this case, it's not so much that. Uh, just making a point, and it is very political, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw that out. Uh, Seems like uh, we're we're about a year on from when uh, um, when the sanctions were actually officially lifted on Iran, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a little bit of data. It seems like uh, Reuters has gone out, and this was reported by Reuters on uh, the 19th of January. Um, they've gone out and tried to figure out exactly who has benefited from the lifting of the sanctions, uh, and they have uh, they've identified about 110 agreements worth 80 billion dollars have been struck since the. Uh, since the nuclear deal was reached in July of 2015, uh, again, you know, the, the actual uh, lifting of the sanctions didn't occur until July or January, rather, of 2016. So uh, uh, 90 of the deals have been, 90 of the 110 have been with companies owned or controlled by Iranian state entities. Wow. According to uh, the analysis that's been shown, hmm. uh, it's, it's hard to get a feel for exactly how... Iran is controlled, but uh, um, Ayatollah Ali uh, Khamenei actually is, uh, and I probably didn't say that exactly right, no <laughs> no offense meant in that regard, um, but uh, uh, he and the other Western hardliners basically have, have uh, repeatedly criticized the deal, but in fact, they're actually they're the, the biggest ones that beneficiaries. They're benefiting, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh, as far as countries who've actually benefited, uh, South Korea, hmm. Italy, France, Germany, and Russia have signed most of the deals that uh, that have been made. And I guess if you look a little deeper in the in the uh, details of this, it, it's lopsided, but it's not as lopsided as it might seem when you consider that uh, the state dominates Iran's economy. Uh, about 20% of the total business done in Iran is actually done by private sector businesses. So 80% percent of the, the industry, state industry driven Central. there is state controlled. Wow. Um, now, you might wonder who I'm calling the dog of the week. Well, if they're still heading toward nuclear capability or have the potential and it was all left intact, what really have you done here? Mm-hmm. The the point of the, the uh, lifting of the sanctions was uh, in hopes that uh, uh, the state's grip would actually be released a little bit, and it doesn't at all seem like that's happened here. So uh, um, I don't know. At least not in a year in a, anyway. Right. And uh, who right. knows? And then, of course, we still have to keep track of the sanctions and to see that the whatever the agreement was, that they're still – that the nuclear weapons aren't being built or constructed. So, right. Yeah. I, like I say, all things considered, yeah. uh, if the lifting of the sanctions was supposed to help uh, – wrestle the control a little bit from the state and uh, put more in the hands of private Mm -hmm. citizenry. It surely has not seemed to go so well so far. 
Anyway, uh, one last political note uh, on the break. I know we talked about um, uh, well, the, the, the inauguration. The inauguration. inauguration. Yeah. Well, well of course, this being Trump. Thursday, we'll, mm-hmm. all, we'll know by tomorrow how, how it all went. <laughs> right. right. But it certainly is, looks like it's going to be a, a typical inauguration in Washington, a lot of exciting events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're we, well, sure we all wish everybody well. And absolutely. the new administration gets off the ground well. and. Yeah, like there's that. a few things that are atypical about it, though. Right. Well, no, Number right. one, and I don't know how often this happens. I guess yeah. I don't follow it that closely, but we do know that there's been reported uh, that that there's going to be some uh, folks out protesting. Yes. And uh, security is going to be right. With it, with that, I I heard that the security cost for the inauguration this time is a hundred million dollars, as compared with. Fifty-three million in the last inauguration. Wow! Wow! So the cost of protesting's gone up. Right. <laughs> I guess. I, you would or think that they could more control. Protesters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you th- you would think they could yes. control it. I think yeah. in order to have a legal protest, you have to have a have to have a permit, and mm-hmm. uh, you would think that mm-hmm. if that were going to be the issue, that uh, you could, they could probably have a limit the, more. limit yeah. the permits right. in yeah. some mm-hmm. way or another. But uh, I'm sure they've got it under control. So yeah. let's, let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope. All right, uh, Dan, we got a uh, yeah. got a case study this week, and I know Bill always says, you say case study, and everybody turns the radio off, but uh, <laughs> this is the one and only Dan DeLuzio that can give us a whole lot more interesting facts on a oh. case study than everybody, anybody else, right? Well, it's the case study is interesting. It's really one that a lot of people ask, so it's, it's going to mm-hmm. have a lot of practical knowledge in it. It's really all it's about record retention. Okay. And I can't tell you how many times a year we get client calls. Right. I know you guys do in the in, mm-hmm. the in the planning and investment division as well. How long do I keep things? You know. Well, and, and the answer I hate to say it is a typical legal or an accounting answer. It depends. Right. <laughs> it depends on what the record is. Ask a right. CPA and they'll always tell exactly. you the same <laughs> it, answer. Well, same answer yeah, to every question. It depends exactly. It depends. And so and that's exactly what it is. But there's a lot of you know some guidelines, some basic guidelines that everybody mm-hmm. really probably needs to just be aware of. Uh, one of them just being, uh, you know, how long do we just tax returns themselves? Okay. Well, the issue on that is, well, the government says you keep when you file your tax return, mm-hmm. it's open for three years for audit. Okay. Right. Now, what do they mean for three years? Well, it's three years from the date you file or the due date of the return, whichever is later. Right. So if you file on February 28th this year for your 2016 tax return. Well, the due date of the tax return is April 15th. Right. So it's April 15th, three years from now, is when that tax year will close. Right. Okay. Yep. And if you file with an extension in October, well, it's three years from that point. Okay. Right. So it's the later of the due date or the date you file. Now, one of the interesting things is the statute never runs out if you don't file. So people, there are people out there who say, never well, I don't have enough income. Right. I don't need to file. Well, you know, that depends. Mm-hmm. It depends on what information the government has on you. Sure. Right. Okay. And and if there were fraud, and if it's fraud, even if you did file, the statute never is extended. Never goes away. And yeah. then there's another little caveat in there. If you did file and your three years is about to run out, but let's say you didn't report about 25 percent of your income, then the statute goes to six years. Mm. Yeah. Okay? So yeah. So there's uh, it really does depend. And then again, you have a state statute. It could be different from the federal. Now, luckily here in Georgia. It's a three-year statute along with the federal. Mm-hmm. But there are a number of states out there where it's a four-year statute or an extra right. year. Right. So always be aware of that. So a lot of times that is what 
we start setting the basis as three mm-hmm. years or four years. Now we recommend here at Hensler that you keep it seven years, okay? Because then you're covering just about all bases, sure. right? Okay, right. and I think that's always a smart thing to do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and on the investment side, we get a lot of questions on like how long do you, should you keep your statements and right. how you know what type of information do you need to keep? I mean, with the new laws of the firms having to track cost basis it's yeah. not as important it makes for it a little you to, easier now right yeah. to have to keep all that yeah I, you know i recommend that you keep at least one year's worth of statements yeah. uh, at minimum um and then in addition you know while that while the new laws are in place now they you might still own something that wasn't a part of that mm-hmm. and you need you know you have uncovered positions right. where you still need to have you know, the information on what the actual cost was on the investment that you purchased. So it's important for you, if, you know, if you've been investing for a while, that if you have that information, you keep and that, that as up, well. That brings up a good point because then it goes back to, well, what is it we're keeping, okay? Mm-hmm. So like investments, things like that. It's when you sell it, you need to hang on to those records for till the tax statute right. runs out. Right, uh-huh. Okay. And you also need, you know, where the proof of where sure. you what you bought it at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then but when you get to records like, well, you buy a house. I mean, I, we have, I can't tell you how many times a client will come in and say, well, I bought that house 15 years ago. Uh-huh. You know, but they don't have they have Dave. I I paid fifty thousand dollars for it or a hundred thousand, <laughs> right. but I don't have any closing statements. I don't have any documents. Uh-huh. And then I put thirty thousand in improvements. Well, you know, we're on a wing and a prayer here. So, <laughs> right. uh, so we have you have to be you know that I always tell clients that, that document you put away, you put somewhere safe. Okay. Uh-huh. And and then anytime you make major improvements to your house, keep a file, put the receipts in there because. Sure. Five years or ten years from now, when you sell that house, mm-hmm. who's going to, you know, you need a place to go where everything's in one place. Yeah. So it's like I said, it depends on the type. What all of classifies as a major home improvement? Well, it, now that's a good question because there's improvements. You almost in, said it depends. Did you hear I that? know yeah. <laughs> you wanted to. <laughs> I did. It, it and it depends on whether it's a, you could consider it an improvement or a repair. You know? Right. If mm-hmm. you're just replacing. Uh, a hole in the carpet, though that's a repair. If you take out the entire carpet, uh-huh. you know, but there is but there is wear and tear on carpet. So right. You know, so like I said, but if you're like adding uh, a deck out the back and you've never had a deck before, as opposed to repairing a deck you have. Okay. You know, so it, it really those uh, kinds of things. Absolutely. Putting so it should be something, yeah. Things like that. Yeah. yeah. Expensive things. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the specifics we're talking about: W twos, ten ninety nines, bank statements, brokerage statements, K ones. If you have a partnership, right. Uh, That's another one. Uh, you know, hang on to all those because anything that makes up your tax return, I always tell you, hang on to. Right. And we can talk if we get have time later about some of the other things, like uh, what you do for when you buy, when you make contributions, how long to keep those things. Right. Uh, yeah, that's like a good that. idea too. Yeah, and receipts. Yeah. Receipts. Absolutely. Checks. All those things. Yeah. Logs mm-hmm. and stuff like that they use yeah. for business expenses. Right. Bank statements. Yeah. Any of that fun stuff. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll take a break real quick, and uh, when we come back, we'll be answering more of your listener questions. You're listening to Money Talk. Stick around. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. We're with uh, Troy Harmon. We got Jennifer Thomas here and uh, Dan Deluzio. We got uh, 
I had a few questions. We were uh, just going through a um, uh, little deal about Dan was telling us where or how, what to save, but uh, I guess as important as as uh, what to save, what documents uh, where you would save, save for your taxes, where in the world do you yeah. put them? Yeah. Well, there's a couple places, and, and this is really stands to, as to what the documents are and what you want to do with them mm-hmm. and, how, and how technologically aware you are and things like that. So a lot of it has to do with that. You know, for a lot of us old-fashioned people out there, there's still the old safe deposit box. But important, or a lot of people have fireproof safes in their homes, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of place you want to put, like, birth certificates and passports and, and your Social Security cards and your marriage certificates and even a will. Like a lot of times your attorney will have a copy of your will, but you get the original. Mm-hmm. Put that in there. Uh, and, and another thing to do is, and I know people have taken uh, CDs of pictures of their home and put it in there. I right. think that's a great idea for yep. insurance purposes. Right. Okay. CD, well. A CD, anything. Yeah. or A, a thumb drive, maybe. A thumb maybe. drive that yeah. you may have pictures on, things like that. Sure. Well, and I know you were just talking about, um, you know, charitable contributions and how long do you have to keep track of that. But isn't it true, like, if you give away, you know, clothes and mm-hmm. and furniture and things like that, that you should take pictures of those items Absolutely. too? Absolutely. It's recommended. Yeah. Right. Because you want to prove that what you gave away was decent because right. you're not supposed to give away things that are bad. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be good or fair or better or excellent condition. You know, in other words, you don't get a contribution for junk. Right. It's, it's <laughs> supposed to be usable. I see. So, uh, so pictures are helpful there. Right. Yeah. Take pictures. Uh, and also, you know, it, and for things that you don't need, or maybe the statute of limitation is up, they tell you to invest in a shredder. You can always get a uh, one of those those cross-cutting shredders, uh-huh. right. the ones that do not spaghetti but make it into confetti, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, that's that's as important as, as anything these yeah. days with, uh, with all the threats we have, uh, cyber threats, electronic threats that we yeah, have. Yeah, just don't so, throw things in the trash, believe me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It may come back to haunt you. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, keep it keep it safe. Yeah. If you're keeping it at the house, and make sure again, it's a fireproof. One safe, more thing, then there are some there are some things out there that you can buy some commercial programs, but be very leery of those as you put your things in the cloud. So be careful on who it's with, what their security mm-hmm. is, and things like that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Always something that concerns me, I guess. Right. All right, Dan. Uh, we do have some uh, listener questions this week, and uh, if you have questions, you can reach us uh, by by uh, phone at calling 770-429-9166. You can reach us toll-free at 1-855-429-9166 if you're outside our local calling area. And you can also email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. And if you can't reach us there, if you can just remember how I just spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R, you can Google us and probably find a thousand ways that you can get in touch with us. Uh, we have a question here from Clinton from Roswell. Uh, he says, I'm invested in, I'm going to butcher this name too, Zotus, I think it is, uh, for about nine months now. I bought it around $40. I'd like to hold on to this for a few more months, but analyst reports are all over the map. I saw it upgraded to a buy in November, but I saw someone else saying dump it. Uh, where do you stand on this one? If I sell it, is there anything I should replace it with? Uh, I'm also interested in Henry Shine. Looks like some solid earnings per share and a pretty solid beta. Uh, well, you've opened up a can of worms in several ways here. Uh, number one, if we didn't have disagreement, we would not have a stock market. Uh, <laughs> in order to find somebody that wants to buy your stuff, you have to 
uh, be willing to have somebody have to that have wants a differing to sell opinion, it. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, in order to uh, in order to to have a stock market, we got to have disagreement. So um, I wouldn't worry so much about the analyst if you can uh, identify the fundamentals. That's where you're really going to uh, do best uh, investing in the market. And you know, a single stock does not a portfolio make. We uh, we prefer you to consider. Um, uh, a well-diversified portfolio, but uh, for the details on Zotus, uh, it's uh, it's had uh, significant earnings outperformance in, in uh, re- recent quarters. Uh, it's beaten uh, estimates by at least 10% and, uh, since the third quarter of 2014. So we're going on, uh, you know, a couple of years of uh, outperformance relative to, to analysts, which should tell you a little something about the analysts. Um, either company management is... Low-balling, low-balling them a little bit, or they really haven't gotten a, a fix on what goes on with Zotus. Uh, just to let you know, it's uh, engaged in the discovery, development, manufacturing, commercialization of animal health medicines and vaccines. Uh, it's got a focus on both livestock and companion animals. So uh, this is a this is a, a, a pharmaceutical company, basically for uh, for your animals, um, and it has done well. Uh, it's got positive earnings, uh, profitable company. Um, you look at the operating profit margin, about 28.6%. Uh, it's got uh, return on assets, 12%, return on equity at 613 which shows you that it's a, probably a pretty well-leveraged company uh, when it has the differential there. Um, EVA spread, which I talk about a lot, return on invested capital minus uh, the weighted average cost of that capital is a 4.81%, which is uh, pretty decent. You know, it's not too bad. Um, but it, uh, you, you think about the fact that the analysts can't get a good fix on on earnings, mm-hmm. and it makes me start wondering exactly what's going on with the company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, if I, if I uh, thought about it, I'd probably hold on to, to uh, Zotus right now rather than uh, dive off into the, the – uh, uh, healthcare distribution uh, space, um, which is Henry Schein. Henry Schein is a provider of healthcare products and uh, services uh, to uh, office-based dental, animal health, and, and uh, uh, medical practitioners. So, uh, if you look at the difference there, you know I said uh, return on assets for for Zytus is 12%. Well, for Henry Schein, it's 8.1, uh, 61.3% return on equity versus uh, 18% for Henry Schein. Uh, you know, you look at you look at all that's that's going on in both of these industries. Healthcare is is right at the uh, at the center of the target for for what's going on in Congress and mm-hmm. with a new president. Uh, you can't really get a good fix. I think Congress has already uh, made some changes to budgets and uh, and paved the way to to uh, what they expect to uh, do is is do away with uh, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, and uh, and move to something uh, supposedly aimed at uh, giving a cheaper cheaper option. Now, if you look at the details in there, one thing that's pretty clear is I think um, when Obamacare was enacted, it brought 20 million new people onto the uh, to the health care rolls. Uh, part of the way they did that was making it mandatory to have health insurance. Um, not something that I'm uh, a big uh, proponent of, you know, forcing people to purchase something if they don't want to have it. Um, but what what the new plan does, uh, at least from the details that I've seen, 
and, and they haven't really, the Republicans haven't pounded the table and said, this is the plan we're going with. But they do have, instead mm-hmm. of a 9,000-page document, which was Obamacare, they've got about a nine-page document that uh, – that they're talking about. Um, and maybe they'll read it before they vote on it this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> it was funny that uh, they some were encouraged. Don't even worry about reading the 9,000 pages. I, why, how could you in any short period of time? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they were encouraged not to read it. Just sign the thing and let's move on. We'll work out the details later. I, I really am not a fan of that either. But uh, um, I, some of the nine pages I have read through, and it seems instead of uh, trying to force people onto the health care rolls, what they've talked about is um, uh, incentivizing them basically with uh, low costs. And if you have some uh, event in your, in your uh, health that occurs that uh, you can uh, renew and not have higher costs. So it's, it's kind of one of those things, you know, if you buy insurance now, then your price will be low for a long time. Uh, relative to forcing you onto the onto the healthcare rolls, uh, you know there's probably some things that people are going to throw rocks at. Uh, uh, being able to charge older people a, a higher rate relative to young people because they tend to use more healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there was a, a lock at three to one at the cost differential uh, in Obamacare. As it currently stands, and they're talking about a five to one, and you know, mm-hmm. in a new plan, uh, 26 years old, uh, and you have to get off your parents' health care and kind of float your own mm-hmm. boat at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's several things that would change uh, under the the details that I've seen, but uh, again, what I think it does is uh, is probably, and, and we've seen this play out over the last few um, months. Is health care has been under pressure in the stock market, and. Yep. Uh, and I think your animals are probably going to be treated better. Well, I was going to say, don't forward. you think, like like on the animal side of it, don't you think that people are spending more and more money on oh, their yeah. pets yeah, and their animals? No and, and, you know, and probably even in that space, you're going to see quite a bit of increase just from, you know, they take better care of them. They take them yeah. to the vet more often. They, yeah. you With know. or without health care, right. they're, right. they're going to mm-hmm. spend their, I mean, I don't right. know of a health care policy that covers your dog. There so are. Maybe there there are. are. Yes, you can actually buy a health care poli- insurance for your pet. For your pet. There you go. How about that? That's mm-hmm. a great, great so, new market, I understand. Yeah. About four or five so years old. If I had a choice between the two, that's why I'm saying right now at least, uh, I would rather buy Zotus and not so much Henry Schein. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, I think we probably ought to take a quick break and uh, come back and answer some more uh, planning-related questions. How about that, guys? Um, y'all stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. There is a house in New Orleans. We're back. I hate to talk over that. House of the Rising Sun. Uh, you're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jennifer Thomas and Dan Deluzio. And, uh, Dan, we were talking in the break about uh, health care. Seems like a, a, a common topic these days. And we really don't know what we're going to get no. you know, going forward. But I really do believe there's going to be some change. Yeah, there definitely uh, will be. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see, maybe we'll see more people on it. I don't know. It's just We'll have to just wait and see what the plan is. But I yeah. know during the... The Senate confirmation hearings just yesterday or the day before with Congressman Price being the Secretary for 
Health and Human Services, mm-hmm. they had, he had mentioned something to the point where we've got 20 million people more on Obamacare, but how many more, how much is it really costing them right. as opposed to just having an insurance card where you've got such a high deductible that you're essentially paying for everything yourself anyway. Right, right. Well, you know, and I mean, there are people out there, I've, I've heard, you know, conflicting things. You know, it's so expensive that they can't, you know, that most of the people that currently don't have insurance, the reason that they didn't was because they couldn't afford it. But then on the other hand, I've heard of people that are getting it really inexpensively, and I'm not really sure where that comes from. Um, uh, You know, I'm not an expert on it. But, you know, I also heard a story about a person who, you know, they live in um, a really rural area, and they uh, you know, it's a husband and wife. She doesn't work. He's like a ha- has his own handyman service, but he gets paid cash. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, you know, file tax returns. Wow. He doesn't. Um, so living off the radar. Right. He's, yeah, he's completely, <laughs> you know, under the radar under the type radar. thing. He's not, you know, filing tax returns. They don't have insurance. He had a stroke. And, you know, the bill for him, it was a mild stroke, you know, but still the bill was over $100,000 for oh, his yeah. hospital stay. But what they're, you know, they can actually in, it's not in Georgia, but in the state Mm -hmm. that they live in, they could, uh, you know, gather some information and go down and plead for a hardship and it can all get written off. Right. And, you know, which means that we're still hospital. Right. 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 But not written off. Well, you know, then the the taxpayers taxpayers are paying up and and go with that. And that's that's part of what's trying to be cured with this whole issue. And I don't believe that the Republicans are going to just take away. Obamacare and leave us with nothing. What what really has to happen for insurance to work is everybody has to be on it. And mm-hmm. I mean, it does it does lower the cost when people that are healthy and don't have uh, yeah. you know mm-hmm. medical previous medical issues or, or current medical issues, you know, are are able to get in there and mm-hmm. you know pay a, a portion of it. And that's the reason I say uh, the one piece that I that I did catch um, in in reading about what is proposed for healthcare is. Uh, you know, a notion that uh, that they're going to entice healthy people to be on there because you don't stay healthy forever. Basically, right. if you have an event right. and you then want to get on health care, it's going to be much more costly than if you had been on health care all along, mm-hmm. you know, paying as you go. So um, it might be the incentive. So mm-hmm. That's that's exactly it. It's mm-hmm. it's more of a more of a, a carrot, I guess, mm-hmm. than a stick to force yeah. you onto the onto the uh Healthcare roles, and uh, you know that's kind of the way it works. What what needs to be fixed really more now is the individual policy mm-hmm. instead of the group policy. Group uh, insurance uh, owners, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, policyholders uh, currently have that pooled uh, benefit because right. they're. Right. In a, in an office setting or, exactly. or an association setting, that's another thing. You know, some associations can't uh, can't apply for for an insurance pool, mm-hmm. uh, but that too is supposed to be. Uh, yeah, well, you know, in most considered. businesses, you know, where you have a group policy, you have young people, you have older people, right. you have, you know, really healthy people, you have Spread a few people. Yes, so and so it, you know, it is sure. that pool that they're yeah. looking for. Right. Now, in the new proposal, it's my understanding though that they're not changing the age where. Um, like you could stay on your parents' policy. They were trying to keep that in place. Is that correct? Yeah, what I've seen is still, you know, stopping it off at 26 years mm-hmm. old. Um, yeah. You but, know, and I don't know what it was, you but, know, previously. Uh, pre- but yeah, previously. I mean, years. I mean, I think it was 21. 
Yeah. You know, and yeah. Yeah. unless you were a student in college right, or something. Right, right. And I still right. think that's mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm. some of the caveats, you know, as long as mm-hmm. you, if you lived at home and, right. and were going to school and several yeah. other but things. Prior but prior conditions are supposedly still to be covered, mm-hmm. right. things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only One of the other big things is they're going to have uh, some more competition between right. the, what you can buy between states. So, mm-hmm. Right. So hopefully and, maybe that will reduce costs somewhat for people. Right. And Dan, kind of more into your world again, uh, mm-hmm. some of the write-offs uh, oh, yeah. in, in order to try to keep uh, inflation in check, mm-hmm. uh, where you're on a group policy and they allow you basically whatever the policy costs mm-hmm. uh, to be written off on your taxes, it's, they're going to try to cap that. For an individual, I think it's 3000 or $3,600. Yeah, I think I haven't seen the numbers, yeah. but I've, I know there are caps based right. on family Right, and then a family was like 12000 right. is what I've seen floated. Yeah. So, uh, and, and then that would get like a cost of living increase so, right. so that it would keep, you know, where health care inflation has been over 5% for oh, ages. Yeah. Whereas the overall inflation in the economy is more around two mm-hmm. percent, you know, mm-hmm. two and a half. And a lot of people, most people, I hate to say, but don't really get a deduction out of it because it's a medical deduction and it's subject to ten percent right, of your and, adjusted right. gross income. And they're not going to yeah. meet and that. And so, you know, a lot of people, it may not, you may not even hit that threshold. Absolutely. Uh, not. Most people who do, though, that helps really. The, it's a self-employed because they do get a before the line, as I call it, right, deduction know. on it before mm-hmm. all the other deductions. So sure. it will help them. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess we can move on now that we've ran through everything we know about health care. Absolutely. Uh, why, why not? Uh, <laughs> we've got a question here. Doug from LaGrange says, uh, if money put into a retirement retirement account doesn't get taxed until you withdraw it, and by then the taxes have increased, uh, wouldn't you have lost money? So the differential in tax, he's saying, yeah. is a... Uh, well, I mean, there's kind of multiple things that we can talk about on that. I mean, the amount that, you know, or the deduction that you get is at your... Marginal your tax, top, or your yeah, top as, tax. As everybody rate. knows, yeah, there's there, there's tax brackets, and uh-huh. so you know, when you put the last, when you subtract the last dollar off your tax, off your tax taxable income, mm-hmm. it's at the top bracket. Right. So right. if you're taking money for a retirement plan, mm-hmm. then it's off that top bracket. So that's where your st- so that's, that's where, where the, the tax deduction is. is. And right. then when you pull money out, mm-hmm. you're paying it at different. You know, even if the brackets a, have gone up, right. you still have some that are at no tax and some right. that are at a lower tax and. And you span the brackets yeah. with that. Exactly. But to me, one of the biggest things that they're not considering is that you're not paying tax on the dividends and interest as it accumulates, and, it, right. and that is being compounded. reinvested, and it's compounding that mm-hmm. growth. Um, you know, especially if you if you're starting young right. and you're investing it over a long period of time, you get that compounding effect without tax. Right. So that's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Without tax. Yeah, and because it's, if you have ten dollars yes. in dividends and you have a twenty mm-hmm. percent tax, well, you're only going to be reinvesting eight because you got to pay the government right. too. But if you got it in a in a tax deferred account, mm-hmm. that ten dollars gets reinvested. Right. So that's re- right. that compounds. So sure. typically, the, what we recommend to people, and this is just kind of the strategy of how to invest, is you know you should start by if you're eligible to um, save to a Roth, Mm -hmm. you should save to a Roth. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're you know, after that, then you should sh- save to your 401k where you're getting the match. Um, you you want to at least save as much as you can to get the match. But if you can max it out, then that would be great. Then after you've done that, if you can come back and save to your 
taxable account. Mm -hmm. Now, that's just the general way that we recommend. But in addition to that, I would say that it's very important to think about diversifying. You know, we talk about diversifying portfolios, but you also want to at some point, especially as you're accumulating wealth, is to diversify where you're saving those dollars. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you have all of your money in a 401k or a an IRA that is um, not Roth, mm -hmm. uh, then every dollar that you all, you pull out of there is going to be taxed. So if you have all of your savings in there, then every dollar that you pull out once you start spending from your savings right. is going to be taxed. Um, one other thing to consider is that let's say if you retire before you're 70 and a half, which a good number of people do, you may be in a very low tax bracket until you start having to pull money out of your IRA. Yes. You ought to look at pulling out money from the from your IRA early or earlier than 70 and a half, at least what you could get out with no tax or in a very, very low tax, tax bracket, exactly. um, you know, if you don't have a lot of other income. So that's yeah. something that's just a strategy that and I always talk to people about. a real quickie item, you, I mean, a lot of people move in retirement to states where they don't have any income tax. Plus, Georgia, if you're 62, you get a $35,000 retirement exemption. Uh -huh. That's no tax. Mm -hmm. And yep. if you're 65, it goes up to 65000 Right. Yep, that's per mm -hmm. taxpayer. Mm -hmm. There we go. So uh, diversify the holdings, diversify the way you invest. Best, diversify everything, right? Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're coming up on the end. Jennifer, we're going to go up or down this week? Up. Market's up? Definitely up. And the Give Falcons me. are going to win. There Absolutely. we go. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.